Welcome back, everybody, back to another exciting show of the About That Wallet podcast. On today's episode, I am going to talk about doing a financial dream walk, also taking things back to the basics, because this is something that is really important to me. And as we are in the month of financial awareness, I really think this is important. So for those of you who are new to the show, I want to say thank you for coming on to the show, joining this YouTube channel. And also for those of you who are listening on the audio only, I want to thank you so much for continuing to support me and also give me those five-star ratings on Apple iTunes just to kind of keep me up to the top of the list. Right now I'm at five stars out of five, which is awesome. Thank you for those of you who have contributed to that process. Um, And those of you who are new to the show, I just want to let you know that this show is about your financial history, your financial strategies, and also about your financial future. And the reason why I actually started this show is because education, and this is something that has been, I guess you could say, not really taken away from me, but I felt like that I am so far behind in the financial space uh, because when I was growing up, finances wasn't something that was talked about heavily. But being as though we are in a new age now where people are becoming more financially aware, especially in a pandemic, I really think that this particular episode is really good to kind of get you back to your foundation and also have a nice dream walk with your financial spouse or even your children or even with yourself if you're actually listening to this and really want to grow yourself financially. So the first thing we want to talk about when it comes to your financial dream walk, you actually want to know where do you see yourself or your life in the near future? Do you think that you should be living, you know, the way how you want to live? So say if you're actually living in a big city, do you want to stay in a big city? Do you want to travel more? Think about those things on how you want your life to be. Do you want to actually just go on a month vacation just random because you saw a cheap flight somewhere and just go and not worry about your finances. So the next thing is, how do you actually get there? Since you already know what you want, you also have to see how soon can you make this happen? Is this a goal or something that you can actually make happen within the next five years, 10 years, 15 years, three years even, Uh, depending on how close you are? to that level, document that. Actually say like, this is really where I want to be. Now, moving on to the next thing is that, do you know anyone that is where you want to be right now? Is this person famous? Is this someone that you can actually reach out, pick up the phone and say, hey, can you have, do you have a moment to kind of sit me through your story and see uh, if there are things that I'm doing right now that could actually align me to get to where you are today. But famous or not, I really want you to start thinking about having that conversation, either by a book, if they already have a book out there to talk about their story and really dive into what they've done and kind of align it to what you're doing right now. So let's move on to the next thing is what can you do today to kind of put yourself in a position for your goals? So the first thing is to set your boundaries. Now that we already know where we want to go, you need to start setting your boundaries. Having a clear boundaries uh, will allow you to say no to things a lot easier because you already know where you want to go. And it'll be a lot easier 
for you and for those of the people that were kind of like, oh man, you don't want to hang out with us anymore. So you have goals, you have your financial goals and you really want to get them. You have to achieve them and you have to actually let people know this is where you want to go because people will constantly keep asking you, say, hey, do you want to come to this party? Hey, do you want to go buy some alcohol and just hang out in the backyard and something like that? Now, if your goals are okay with that, then that's fine. I mean, just getting like a $20 alcoholic bottle versus you actually going to a club or some scenery where you got to pay almost $200 or even $150 for the same bottle that you can actually get right around the corner from where the club is at to, I mean, a lot cheaper. Uh, that's obviously a poor example because obviously with COVID, but these are some of the things you want to think about. The second thing you want to look into when you uh, have your goals set is to look into your financial situation. Will spending the way you are spending right now get you to that next level? What additional education is that you need to get to the next level? And also what are the things that you need to start saying no to more to kind of get you to that next level? A lot of people can say yes to a lot of things, but can you actually do it all? These are the things that I want you to think about when you're going through this process. The third thing is do not blame your upbringing for why you are where you are today. I mean, you yes, it does to an extent, but once you start making your own money, you can start making your own choices. And making your own choices will be heavily uh, influenced by your upbringing and by the parents and the people that you listen to. So these are the things that you really wanna take time to unlearn and relearn and actually understand what it is that was taught to you and will it align with your goals today and where you really want to be at in the future. So don't blame your parents and all this fun stuff because it doesn't get you anywhere. It's like if you're driving on a GPS, you say GPS, hey, I want to go to, I don't know, Disneyland and I'm driving. So say if it's say, all right, well, you need to make a left here so you can avoid all the traffic and get on another route that's parallel to 95 South or wherever you are located at this point. Now, if you decide not to make that left immediately and you missed your turn, the GPS is not going to say, hey, make a U-turn in the middle of the highway. It's going to say, all right, we're going to recalculate from where we are today and get you to that destination. So you have to look at it yourself today and say that, hey, I know where I'm at today and I need to go here. So you cannot blame what you've been through on the reason why you can't get to that next level. There is a way you have to find it in your situation. And that's why it's called personal finance. This is the way to go. Uh, one, of the fourth, uh, one of the final things on this piece that I really wanna touch on when it comes to uh, positioning your goals and such is that you need to share your goals with other people. Because sharing your goals allow people to understand where you're coming from. And just because you made a goal in secret and someone asked you to, hey, you know, do you want to come out? And you say no. And they, it's like, well, you got to say it so starkly, like as if they know where you are, or where you want to go in your financial space. But also, if you look at it, let's take this to another example. Say if you know, I want to go get a job. I go to a friend of mine and say, hey, I just want a job. 
they was like, well, what kind of job do you want? And I can't just say, well, anything, what, what you got? No, they will constantly ask me these particular questions because they need to know specifically what I want to do uh, to get me to that next level. When you have your goals set out and you say, hey, I want to be, uh, I want to make $10,000 cash flow a month. All right. So now that I know that that's what I want to do, and I say, hey, I need this job right here, and I am good at taking uh, photos. So this person will say, okay, I don't know how to do photos myself, but I know someone else that is actually doing photos. I know a photographer. I know they went to the school. They can kind of get you in, get your feet wet, so you can actually get a job and start getting paid to do what you want to do as a photographer. So when you share your goals, it helps people also to understand where you're coming from, where you want to be, and ultimately to reach your destination. Now, keep in mind, the accountability is your responsibility. It is not anyone else's responsibility. You cannot say, hey, you are my accountability partner. There is no such thing as accountability partner. You are the accountability person. It's all on you. So you need to take ownership of your actions and of your choices. So this is the reason why this particular episode is about building that foundation and building your accountability and building your strength in what you really want for your life. You really need to understand what you want. Um, you can pivot all you want to, but you know that your ultimate goal is here. Yes, you might say if you want to lose 150 pounds or even 50 pounds, 40 pounds, whatever it is, and you say, okay, I want to use, I want to lose 40 pounds. Okay, when? You want to lose 40 pounds in 20 days? Is it really doable? No, not really. But also, you can't say, hey, I have a run partner, and this partner is on the same path as you are. But when they go eat a pizza or they go out and just not able to run with you that day, are you just not going to run? No, you go out and do it because these are your goals. These are things that you have to be able to do on your own sometimes. And regardless of what is happening in your life right now, you have to make sure like you cannot rely on others for some of the actions. I'm not going to say all because you do need people. Uh, in your life to kind of get you to that next level. You do need people to kind of be sometimes that your emotional support, someone to write down your life lessons or things that you're going through and actually someone that you can reflect with. All right. So now that we understand where we want to go without finances, I'm going to start talking about how to actually outline your destination and the things that you go in the way that you go about uh, reaching it. So where, so you need to understand where you are starting. Where are you starting from? You need to take time to write down at least last month expenses and income on a calendar and see where your money went. Knowing where your money went is very important to understand where you need to go. You're listening to the About That Wallet podcast. We'll be right back after these messages.
If you are enjoying this episode or finding anything useful, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere on the internet. It is one of the best ways you can help new listeners find me, such as yourself. You can always support this podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash about that wallet or anchor.fm forward slash about that wallet. All right, sorry for that pause, folks. I'm trying to make things a little bit easier here for myself. Did you see my eyes are red? Just kind of tired for the day. It's been a long day. Anyway, all right. So now that we uh, take time to write out what your expenses were and your income was for the prior month, now you want to start tracking your expenses for this month. Now, as you actually are tracking your expenses for this month, I want you to start predicting what your... Uh, spending is going to be for next month. Understanding what your expectations are would actually either A, help you reach it or not reach it or exceed it. Because say if you expect to spend $2,000, like $200 on groceries and you actually spent $160 on groceries, that already says like, hey, I'm already in the mindset of I can start saving $40 a month, but not yet. Remember, this is uh, expectations. So you got to set expectations that, hey, is this something that I can constantly keep doing? Can I really beat my goal? You need to make this a little fun and actually have fun with tracking your expenses. Now, the, the second thing when it comes to moving on with your finances is to pay yourself first. Many people tithe faithfully. And I mean, faithfully. Every Sunday, they're giving out 10% of their earnings to the church might be either every week or every time they get paid, which is twice a week. They're giving out 10% of what they earned uh, from net pay. Some people are doing gross pay. Whichever one that suits your needs, I want you to start paying yourself that same amount. Because if you think about it, if God was actually made you in his image, then why don't you pay yourself as you're paying him in his image? So you should be getting something as well as you put in all that hard work. And yes, I'm not that heavily religious and I don't want to take this a religious show, but I just want to think, uh, put into that perspective of if you're actually giving, you know, someone that you consider your God, regardless of what religion you're in, your 10%, you need to start paying yourself 10% as well. Pay yourself equally. Whether, whether it's uh, uh, for your savings, I highly recommend do your savings first if you haven't uh, start building up your emergency fund if you don't have one already. But let's move on, get the show moving on. So live within your means. When it comes to living within your means, your mortgage rent should be 25% of your take-home pay. If it is not, which is usually the case, I want you to think about ways that you can actually boost your income at your current job? Do you need to pick up a second job? What can you do on the side, uh, as side work as a 1099, which means that you actually get paid by, uh, you considered a contractor with a 1099 form. And what that states is that you're, that company is not uh, reliable for your health insurance and all that fun stuff. You're actually just doing the work for them. Uh, so you want to look into something of that nature that you can do on the side, whether it's 
uh, editing photos, editing videos, transcribing audio. Uh, you can, I mean, I'll have all, all of this that I'm talking about as far as things that you can do to make money is actually will be in the show notes uh, under courses. And there's over 5,000 courses there that you can actually look at. And there are actually two free ones and it's considered uh, moms working from home because a lot of moms, I uh, think around 150,000 women lost their jobs back in December. And giving back is one of the ways that I would like to kind of help with that. And so with that, the ebook and also the videos and stuff like that are for free right now. So if you actually, it's for a limited time only. So it's up to 150,000 of those being downloaded and once those are downloaded, it will go back to its normal price of $19.99. All right, so let's get back to living within your means. So the questions you need to ask yourself, should you consider having a child right now while getting your finances stable? Should I really have a big wedding? Can I get married under $100 or even $1,000? I mean, we all know that the mortgage, I mean, not the mortgage, the wedding certificates are only $35 at the courthouse. So, I mean, $35 at the courthouse, you can have a cookout in the backyard, somebody's house somewhere, and just invite people over. I mean, obviously it's limitations, but you can actually just go to a field, everybody have a nice little shindig, everybody bring a chair, you know, you can make it happen. It doesn't have to be so huge and glamorous. And most of the weddings that are under $1,000 or really under 25% of their take-home pay lasts a lot longer than they do for the most expensive weddings that are well over 10000 or more. So just keep that in mind uh, when you're actually uh, doing your weddings. Uh, do I need to stay in this relationship? That is another thing that you need to ask yourself uh, when it comes to reading your finances and actually living below your means because some relationships are expensive. Uh, you need to really evaluate that, have a conversation, sit down and talk about it. Is it something that you both can really rely on? Should I get into a relationship with someone that is not good with finances? I mean, some people would really think that they can change someone's views on finances. Some people just kind of give up. Uh, the next thing is, do I move back in my parents' house? Uh, if you're a parent, do I move in with my kids? These are some of the things that I really want you to think about. Um, and also uh, the last question that I have written down here is, should I make dinner on my own uh, with my own food in the house than actually going out to a restaurant or even a fast food chain? So these are some of the things I want you to think about. Um, I know these are big ticket items here that I'm discussing when it comes to relationship with people and not so much on a personal side. The main reason why I have these questions I want you to ask yourself is because these are the things that really happen in real life that are unexpected and usually are overlooked until it actually happens. So I really want you to really think about those questions as you go through this process of living within your means. So saying no to outings, as I talked about before, setting those boundaries and making them sure those are clear. Um, and fourth thing here that I have is actually moving that zero. So when I say move the zero, what I'm talking about is saying that level of when you consider it broke. So if you don't have three to six month expenses in your savings account, then you're considered broke. 
either savings or investing, either way, it's some form of way that you can get to the money within the next three days or within 30 days, because you can use a credit card and pay that off or whatever. But the reason why this is something that's important of moving that zero is because say if you do have $50 in the bank account and $2,000 in your savings, and someone asks you to hang out and you know it's gonna cost like $10 to park, you know, maybe $20 to get in and you're gonna get something to eat, so it's another $20. And then next thing you know, you might have to find something extra. Something might come up and it'll put you over your $50. You spent just $50 in one day when you still have more month than you do paycheck. Because you have that, it would actually mean that you're broke. And also, you know that your monthly expenses, because you know, you've been following this show, you know your monthly expenses are at $1,400 and you only have $2,000 in the bank, you're still technically broke. You don't have three, three months expenses waiting around because in case anything happens to your car, you know you don't have this extra cushion to kind of get you going. So when somebody asks you, hey, can you hang out? You just say, no, I don't have it. You know, I, I, you just gotta move that zero. No matter who, who asks you to finances, you gotta move that zero. Um, now, if you also have, if you have kids, obviously, you know, you just gotta, gotta dip into it to get them going. All right. So the last thing that I have here I want to talk about is always be learning. The reason why you want always to be learning is because the tax laws change yearly. So you have to know where you stand at financially when it comes to your taxes. If you notice that billionaires don't really count their finances that much what they focus on and what they talk about most of the conversations are about how can they not pay taxes this year that is their number one goal is to not pay taxes as much as possible um, even when it comes to home investors i'm listening to other home uh, investor uh, podcasts and they always talking about how you know you can buy a house and actually, when you sell it, you reinvest it as a 1031 exchange, so you don't have to pay the capital gains tax. And, you know, they try to find different little, not really loopholes, but other strategies that they can do to not pay taxes on the money that they actually are getting. And because like they do might take some money out, but they look at it as income, but their income and then reinvest that money into another avenue but they make sure it doesn't hit their bank account because once it hits their bank account, then that is considered income and then they're taxed on it. All right, so let's move on to some other stuff here. I have uh, number two, which is learn how to pay little to no taxes, uh, which I just talked about when it comes to selling houses, but also when it comes to your W-2 wage. If you're just a regular worker and your company has a 401k account, or some type of investment account. I really want you to take time to study it, learn it. Uh, everything is figure outable. I know it's not a word, but you can figure it out when it comes to your investments. If your company is actually matching three, six, I've seen some as high as even 8% of your matching contributions, I would say at least at minimum, contribute to that amount because those are that is free money. Now, when it comes to 
uh, leveraging that, you actually take advantage of some of the tax codes that allow you to contribute up to 19,500 per uh, IRA account. And also if you have a Roth account, which is already post-tax, which means that everything that's in the account will grow uh, beyond that level. Now, most strategists will tell you to, depending on who you talk to, if you plan on retiring early, most of them will say contribute to your Roth uh, IRA first, which is 6,000 at the time of this recording uh, per year. And then after that, then contribute to your 401k. Other folks will say focus on contributing up to 19,500 first before you start doing your Roth IRA. The reason being is because you want to take advantage of your taxable uh, strategies from that point. And when you contribute to your 19,500, it would actually look as though you're being taxed at a lower rate. So if you do make $70,000 and you contribute 19,500, you're looking at a little over a uh, little under 50,000 that you'll be taxed on. So that is pretty much a win-win uh, for you. Uh, and then it'll look like as if you're investing what you are. So the government is really giving you a, a break for investing in yourself and, in, and also in your family. Uh, listening to podcasts is another thing that you need to do to kind of help you bridge that gap in education when it comes to finances. So listening to a show like this, uh, listening to um, other news, financial news, there are several podcasts that are out there like this one. You can actually get financial books or magazines or even try to sign up for a financial course. Uh, there are links in my show, show notes that actually have some digital books and also some audio and video that will uh, walk you through those different areas and finances that you want to learn about. Lastly, I want to talk about on this show is to talk to people or your parents or friends or colleagues whom ever have financial lessons that they've learned when they are doing uh, that really has changed their lives for the better. So having all this information, I really want you to cherry pick your information to make your cherry pie. So you can actually enjoy the fruits of your labor. Now, if you actually gained anything from this episode, I really want you to take a moment to either listen to some more information that I have up here. I want you to actually look down inside the show notes to find some of the cool things and some of the stuff that I talked about before. So you can actually start building your financial muscle and get to where you ultimately want to be, because I really want you all to be about that wallet. Let's get it. Well, that concludes this episode of About That Wallet. I hope this topic was helpful. If you want to get the latest episodes, please subscribe to this podcast, wherever you're listening to it. Remember, it is your duty to know about that wallet. Take care. Be safe. I'm out. Peace. Peace.